0: 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskorik.
1: My journey, I started my career in corporate America in the United States, working in financial services and started in human resources, doing training and communications. And I decided that I really wanted to go into sales. So I left and went into outside sales, which is where I got the entrepreneurial itch. So I went to work for Big Pharma. And when I went to work for pharmaceutical companies in the U.S., I was received a cell phone, a computer, and a card and a list. And my manager told me, go.
0: Cold list Martin. or hot list?
1: Both. I had cold and hot. So, and it was Martin Freedom. I'm like, you mean all I have to do is go and sell and build this territory, and if I do that, you'll kind of get out of my way. It was fantastic. So built this. Built the business for the pharmaceutical company. It was a great opportunity to learn sales. I was called every name you can imagine in the book. It was had many hard days, and it was actually there that I realized that I wanted to be an entrepreneur and start my own company. So, anytime they change a comp plan for a sales force, you know what happens? Like, doesn't go well. That is never a good idea. And so, what happened is we used to be paid on market share growth and market share maintenance so we grow in the business and maintaining it well then they added another component where they were going to they being corporate would tell us who we needed to go call on in our sales territory and what we needed to say to them that also doesn't work because if you you know your territory and you know what you're doing you know where you need to go so i figured out a plan a system that allowed me to do what i needed to do for corporate but spend the bulk of my time driving business. My plan went viral on my team, I started helping my team with organization, communication and effectiveness. And that's where I realized I needed to start my own business. So I resigned to my manager, and my manager told me that he would not accept my resignation. He said, you're going to have to call the senior vice president of sales, and you're going to have to resign to him." Okay. So I call the SVP of sales and tell him, I'm going out on my own. I'm going to start my own training and consulting business. And he asked me, he's like, do you think you can do that? Do you think you can be successful? And that was the what best. The support. Right. Well, right, no support from him, but a wonderful catalyst to take mm. that final leap. And so I resigned to him and started my business and I've been in business over 10 years now on this entrepreneurial journey of ups and downs. When I went to work for this pharmaceutical company, I hadn't experienced that level of freedom and accountability, and that's what triggered what I'm calling um an entrepreneurial itch or oh i really want to do this for myself
0: what kind of personality traits one needs for having that kind of freedom
1: to thrive with with that level of freedom requires drive persistence. You have to be self-managed, hold yourself accountable. There's a level of discipline. There was no structure to my day unless I created it. My manager was not checking in with me and watching. He was always available, very supportive. But if I didn't get up and go call on my physicians and call on the hospitals, that was on me.
0: What was your biggest challenge then in the context of that particular so, topic?
1: Mm-hmm. So my two biggest challenges, the first was building relationships, building relationships with people that did not want to be sold to. I called on cardiologists and neurologists who were very skilled, very bright people, and they don't want to be sold to. So that was the challenge. And then the second challenge was trying to get the drugs that I represented into hospitals. So trying to get those on what's called a hospital formulary so that when you go to the hospital, the patients that come in are put on your drugs.
0: Was there any specific time period in your life when you started feeling need for change and when you started doing something that you were born for?
1: Yes. So when they changed our compensation plan and I was able to think about how can I accomplish this goal that's been given to me by corporate and achieve my goals at the same time, that was energizing. It was a new problem to solve. It required organization, required thinking strategically about my market, it required planning and execution and that was exciting and then when i could help others on my team and they could replicate the system that was phenomenal and that being able to help others achieve their goals was the catalyst really that drove me to start my company
0: what was the percentage of people around you back then being engaged or disengaged or actively disengaged?
1: So on my pharma team, everybody on my team was engaged. There was no one that I was working with that wasn't engaged and passionate and really working hard.
0: And what about the industry standard or even, uh, even better, what about the overall engagement percentage at the moment in companies?
1: Yeah, so if we look at engagement today um, and these are US metrics, about 65% of the United States workforce is disengaged. Mm -hmm. Globally, that number, I think, is a little bit higher than in the US, which is abysmal. You have more than 50%, almost 70% of the workforce disengaged, which means they're not showing up and serving your customers the way they want to. They are actively doing other things while working. They are not taking on additional assignments. They are looking for ways to do something different because they're not engaged and fulfilled in their current position.
0: That's a huge loss on uh, various business levels, isn't it?
1: It's a huge loss on profitability, Mm. customer service, safety. Safety incidences go up when you have disengaged employees, not to mention the mental and physical well-being goes down of your disengaged employees, and your disengaged employees take that home to their families.
0: Can people change their engagement level?
1: I believe they can. So I believe that your engagement and fulfillment at work is your responsibility. So I look at the relationship that you have with your employer, it's a social contract which means it's based on social exchange theory, give and take. So I come to work for you, Martin. I bring my skills, my strengths, my experiences. I'm giving them to you so we can serve your customers. In return, I expect to be paid going to be developed. I want a workplace that allows me to be my authentic self. However, the problem with traditional engagement strategies is they leave me, the employee, out of the equation. How can you, my manager, know what I need to be engaged and fulfilled if I don't know what that is?
0: And in your new book, you are writing about meaningful work as well. Can you share Mm -hmm. a little bit more about that?
1: Meaningful work is defined by you which is a really, if you can really embrace that concept, we make meaning of the world. The world doesn't make meaning to us. You interpret what happens to you for your own meaning making and your own sense of purpose. And so whether or not your job has meaning and purpose is whether or not you see it as adding value, having meaning, supporting your broader objective. In my newest book, Own It, Love It, Make It Work, I suggest that you can create a job that is your dream job without having to quit. And to do this, it requires that you get really clear on what you need to be engaged and fulfilled at work. So there are five fundamentals of professional engagement. There's recognition. So how do you want to be acknowledged for your contributions? There's Leveraging and using our strengths, so using our unique skills and abilities. There's developing relationships. Gallup mission is that people who have a friend at work are more engaged. They're happier. There's develop. How do you want to develop and advance and grow in your career? What's your personal development plan? And the fifth one is what you asked me about, Martin, earlier around the designing of your job for meaning and purpose. Now, all five of these do need to be in place for you to be fulfilled. Where you start, it doesn't matter, but we do need all five in place. So when I was interviewing and preparing and researching for my book, I had an opportunity to interview a woman who runs the pediatric intensive care. So she is the unit manager, we'll call her Sally, which means she sits at the desk in the unit and she's responsible for the phones, making sure the charts are where they need to be, the nurses have what they need. You could say that her job is pretty administrative and not really that meaningful. However, that is not how Sally thinks about her job. She described her position to me as I am the mother hen of the Pediatric Intensive Care Unit. I care for our physicians, our nurses, our PAs, the entire staff, so they can care for our patients. I am the enabler of patient care. That is a very radical difference than what you would see on her job description is the pediatric unit manager which is an administrative function what sally did is she redesigned her meaning and re- re- redesigned her job meaning, and she looked at it differently and looked at the impact that her actions had and how her actions were part of a greater whole. That's the essence of defining meaning in your work. What's the impact you have on others? What's the impact you have on the team, the community, and your clients? If you want to be engaged and fulfilled at work, then what that's going to require is that you make a choice to get clear on your recognition needs, how you want to develop and advance in your career, what your strengths are, who you want to cultivate in terms of mentors and colleagues and how you define meaning. No one can do it for you. You've got to make the choice to choose to do something differently. And if you're decided you do not want to stay in your current job, I would challenge you to still get clear on all of those so that as you interview for new positions, you are really clear on what you need in this new job, in this new team, with this new manager, so that you can be fulfilled and engaged because wherever you go there you are if you aren't fulfilled in this job and you do no work to change it the chances are you will probably not be fulfilled in your new job
0: you are successful in in your business and you started uh, in big companies and now you're mm-hmm. entrepreneur you have your your own business running great so what's your mindset what's your daily routine how did you how do you manage it on a a daily basis what's your success formula
1: you know i think that my success formula is mine so i don't believe there's a one size fits all success formula i believe we all think and work differently so mine starts with what i consider a three-legged stool so exercise meditation and some type of reflection journaling Prayer. So that's how I anchor the start of my day. So the meditation is a centering process for me. The exercise gets me energized and ready to go. And I believe in the power of reflection. That's the opportunity to look back what worked, what did not work, and where do I choose to do something differently today. So that's how I start and anchor my day. And then one of the gifts. In my day is that no two days look the same. So I could be doing a podcast, I could be writing an article for Harvard Business Review. I could actually be coaching a client or doing consulting work. So that changes. I don't spend as much time doing that anymore. Now my job really is more on the operations and running the company. But when I get to do any of that stuff, I'm always very excited.
0: Carson, what what does it mean? having positive mindset and what's the importance of positive psychology in general regarding uh, entrepreneurship
1: Mm -hmm. so entrepreneurship can be very difficult there are a lot of challenges that are coming at you very rapidly and mindset i believe can be the differential between whether or not you succeed or you fail so I have and strongly coach our clients to have a growth mindset, which means I believe I can learn new information to solve the newest challenge in front of me. So 10 years ago, my problems were very different than my problems are today. And that growth mindset allows me to say, hmm, well, I don't know, but that doesn't mean I can't know. I can go and learn. The other piece that I think is important around this positive psychology tangentially is really knowing your strengths and where you are adding value in the company. Like what is the highest and best use of you versus someone else? Because when you start your company, you have to do everything. As you grow your company, that changes and you're able to hire team members to do tasks and projects and fulfill entire jobs that you used to do and as you grow and scale you need to be really thoughtful about where is the best use of your time and i believe that's aligned to your strengths part of that morning routine that works for me is a reflection exercise now You can do reflection on your own. There are journals out there. I like to look at um, my day, prior day, what worked well, but did not work well. Where did I not show up in alignment with my values? There is a place, though, where you're going to need some additional support. And this is where a coach can be a very powerful tool and a really strong supporter of your development. Because what a coach can do is help you see blind spots that you can't see yourself. So they can give you feedback, they can support you with a 360 feedback, administer assessments, and really listen and help you provide a really robust, comprehensive perspective of where you are in alignment and achieving your goals and what really are those growth opportunities. We have a great team of coaches and we work with folks at all levels and organizations in all industries. And the average tenure of my coach, they've been coaching over 20 years, the very very seasoned cadre of coaches that we have
0: where can we find your book and where can we uh, find out more about uh, your services including masterclass, workshops etc
1: so i have two books own it love it make it work and work simply and both of them are available on amazon or any of your Favorite retailers. If you like an audiobook, they are both available on audio, Audible. And if you're interested in our coaching or our workshops or our online programs, check us out at workingsimply.com. That's workingsimply.com.
0: 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskurik.